0: All right, let's press on here. This is a picture of Jerusalem uh, from the sky today. Um, let me just point out a couple, of, uh, a couple of areas for you. I don't know if I'm supposed to do this since we're since we're trying to take this, but I want to get the lights down a little bit so you see this a little better. Hopefully that doesn't affect the recording. Um, Obviously, this is the temple mount. This is now uh, the Dome of the Rock. Of course, that's the location traditionally of the second temple. Uh, this, this upper area on the mount has been ex- was expanded under Herod in significant kinds of ways. But basically, in the period that we're talking about from Babylon, from the Babylonian period into, into uh, Jesus' time, the second temple period, the bulk of the city was located in... Oh, I don't have a clicker. Um, in a region that runs this way, this area right here was known as the Old City of David. And then if you come up to, the, to this side, to the other side of the Dome of the Rock, uh, a lot of the an- key locations in ancient Israel are in this section right next to uh, the temple located, to, um, <coughs> located on that opposite side of the Dome of the Rock. Uh, and the city that you're seeing towards the outside, um, you see this kind of highway that's going up the top, et cetera, and all that out there. That's less important to the period we're talking about. Okay? Which direction is north? No, I'm trying to, I was trying to sort that out in my mind. I think north is is this way. Okay. Okay, this is a a look. In in Jerusalem, there's a model of the ancient city of Jerusalem uh, in the the second temple period, particularly in the time of the first century. And this is a picture of that model. That model is located by what is the uh, are redoing the Israel Museum right now. Been in Israel three times in the last two years. I haven't been able to get into the museum yet because they're still wrapping up the complete redo of the museum. But they moved this model, which was located somewhere else, to uh, buy this collection. The Dead Sea Scroll uh, Museum is in the same location. And uh, this is a look at the city of David, looking towards, and yes, and let's go back, because I've determined my directions now. This is south. This is north. East. West. Um, and the city of David runs down the southern portion of the temple. So this next picture is a picture looking from the south to the north towards the southern, what's called the southern steps of the temple, which is the way most people approached the temple in the first century, was from the south. So, um, so this area right here was, is the traditional uh, city of David location, and then the area that was to the, to the other side of the last slide, up a- across from the Dome of the Rock, that's what you're seeing up in the top uh, left-hand corner of the slot. Now let's talk a little bit about political history. Um, we've got uh, the first period of the Babylonian captivity, where Babylon is in charge of the nation running from uh, 605 to 539. This is disappointing for the south. And it leads to diaspora, to scattering. Thousands and thousands of Jews left the Holy Land during this period. And they either went to Egypt to flee the Babylonians or they went to Babylon to assimilate or to live under Babylonian rule. Uh, The Babylonians defeat Assyria in 612. They defeat uh, Egypt in 605 at Carchemish. And they finally defeat Israel in 586 through Nebuchadnezzar. There are three periods of deportation that lead to this diaspora situation that we're talking about. Daniel in 605, Ezekiel, about 597, and the attempt to react to the overtaking by the Babylonians that failed in 586, when that revolt of Zedekiah is crushed, that leads to another deportation with some people going to Egypt rather than Babylon. So you've got, if you think of the Holy Land, and of course you know, you've, you know the map, you've got the Mediterranean, here's Israel, some people are going this way into Egypt, Other people are going this way into Babylon. Gadaliah is assassinated. This is what Jeremiah 42 to 44 is about. The result is is that many flee to Egypt. This is when Jeremiah leaves the Holy Land. Jehoiachin becomes a vassal king or governor under Babylonian authority. In the books that are written in this period, uh, and that relate to this period include the books of Daniel, Ezekiel, Lamentations, and Jeremiah. Ezekiel talks about a deportation with about 10,000 people, and that journey is anywhere from 800 to 1,000 miles. And remember, okay, there's no railroad, there's no buses, no cars, no airplanes. Okay, this is by foot. And maybe a few mules or horses. Maybe something like a wagon if you're really lucky. The result of this was the emergence of a forced enculturation. The Babylonians wanted you to assimilate to their culture. And, in effect, a political emasculation. You lost your political sovereignty and your political identity. And in fact, the early chapters of Daniel are about the pressure and the choices that Daniel and others face to live distinctively Jewishly in a culture that's telling them they can't live that way. You remember what puts Daniel in his buddies? in trouble and in jail, it's because they are trying to faithfully be Jews in the midst of an enculturation coming from the nations. And that's going to be and remain the perpetual problem. What we see in these books is a conscious effort to hold on to Jewish identity something that stands a little bit in contrast to Israel to the north, which tended to assimilate. And this is why people in the south of Israel disliked the Samaritans, because they felt like the Samaritans were assimilators and were unfaithful to the law, including their multiple cult locations etc before we even get to the other nations coming into the north what happens in other portions of this period is a reorganization around the law you've lost to some degree your theocracy you've lost your political structure but you can still still be socially structured around the law and so that's where the jewish identity went The central feature of national identity became your ethnic and religious practices that marked you out as distinct. And remember that during some of this period, after the Babylonian captivity, there is no temple. There is no central sacrifice area for these religious practices. So these other practices are going to be what makes you distinct. Now, this is a picture from uh, a location in Israel called the Citadel. It's a museum of the history of Jerusalem. If you ever go to Jerusalem, it's not on the normal, often on the normal tour cycle if you're only there for a few days. But if you can make an effort to get there, it's worth it. It's a terrific museum of the history of Israel seen through the history of the city of Jerusalem. Anyway, one of these displays, when you're going to see these pictures, you're going to see Arabic and... uh, and Hebrew as well as English. Anyway, this is a a slide that depicts the movement towards Babylon and then the return back under Ezra and Nehemiah. Just so you have a sense of kind of uh, where we're located on a map. Of course, Israel's right here, Jerusalem's right here. had to do with the topography. <clears throat> it says, The Babylonian destruction of Jerusalem in 586 BCE decimated the population of the city and it remained desolate for nearly 50 years. When Babylon fell in 538, King Cyrus of Persia became overlord of Judah and allowed the Jews to return to Zion. One of their first acts was to rebuild the temple. One of the differences is between the Babylonian approach to these issues of occupation and the Persian approach to the issues of occupation is the Babylonians tried to culturally assimilate their enemies. The Persians tended to allow people to keep their own practices. They didn't impose or didn't do as much imposition of their culture onto uh, the people that they conquered. And that produced some changes for Israel including the right to return. Only in 445 BCE, when Nehemiah was appointed governor of Judah, was Jerusalem rebuilt and its walls repaired. Under the leadership of Ezra the scribe, the authority of the law of Moses was restored, and Jerusalem resumed the role as the religious center of Judaism. And by what I've described to you, you can understand why it is that the religious leadership would be attracted to the law. Because it marks out the distinctives of the people and the fact that they've been overrun by the nations, they've been told by the law is a reflection of unfaithfulness, so you're going to ratchet up the faithfulness in hopes that that'll do the trick. (coughs) It's not illogical. Okay? It makes sense from an internal Jewish point of view. Cyrus in 539 represents the arrival of Persian authority. The first return happens in 538 and 537. Here we're dealing with the biblical books of Ezra, 1 to 6. Key figures are people like Zerubbabel, Joshua, Haggai, and Zechariah. The reason you have so much messianic-like hope in this period is because These are bright days compared to the dark days of the Babylonian captivity. There is hope. Jerusalem is being restored. Its societal structure is being reorganized. It's a potential period to think positively about what God may be doing. They start to rebuild the temple. That's completed in 516, 70 years after the defeat. But things aren't always good. Sometimes you get a ruler who changes policies. And Haman, under Xerxes I, tries to annihilate the Jews, but fails. And the book of Esther is about the preservation of God, of his people, even though the book of Esther nowhere names God. A later return comes in 457 under Ezra. And Zadok, who's basically seen to be the, how do I say this, the dynastic head of what becomes the new line of high priests. The law becomes more central. It's read in public. You get your first emergence of Targums to put the law in Aramaic as well as Hebrew because Aramaic is becoming a dominant language in the culture. The law returns to a central place. The move is to be faithful and distinct. Yet the prophets alongside later declare the fact that there is continued unfaithfulness even in the midst of this effort.